for reminding you as you finish as we finish up this morning because there is a second service happening. If you wouldn't mind just folding your chairs up and putting them off to the side, and that way there's room for other folks because some folks may want to move up. Uh, so if you just remember, I'll remind you at the end again, but you can be thinking about that. Well, don't think about it while I'm speaking, but afterward, um, we'll just move those chairs aside for other folks. And we will try and see how this all works out. Uh, it is like any experiment, it may explode. Um, so, but that's fine. Let's have a word of prayer and uh, we'll look into the word of God. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have uh, to study your word in freedom. Uh, thank you for the fact that your word uh, is alive, it's powerful. The book of Hebrews tells us that it's, it's like a sword that pierces into our heart. And it cuts away the stuff that would distract us from you and cause us to struggle in our relationship with you. And um, God, I pray that that would be true this morning as we look into the book of Proverbs. There is so much there. And we ask that your spirit would be free uh, to encourage us in our walk with you today. And uh, thank you for uh, allowing us to apply these truths to our life, life, and it's amazing what they do when we do that, when we apply them to everyday living. So we ask for clarity of thought and clarity of action in our life today as we look into your word. In your name we pray, amen. So I'm clicking, and I don't know why. Um, I got it in tight, so we'll just go with it, see what happens. Uh, Proverbs, we're going to be looking at the whole story again, and uh, I'll try not to move much. Maybe that's part of it. That would be really hard for me, people. Um, the book of Proverbs and the whole story, we've been going through taking one book uh, out of all 66, I mean, one sermon out of all 66 books of the Bible. And in doing that, uh, we're kind of looking at the themes of the character of God or the person of Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're going to look at the, the book of Proverbs. And if, if I had to put a title, I would say God-given wisdom. And uh, it's a opportunity for us to look at some, some of the truths that God has given us that apply to everyday living, that help us live out our daily life. And is anybody else here a little squeal? Okay. I thought I, if, if it was just me, I'd be okay with it. But there's just this little, there, it's gone. Woohoo! good job. Thank you. That's not gone, though. It's going to be one of those days, isn't it? We're just going to struggle today. So Proverbs, if you want a title on Proverbs, it, in terms of the book as a whole, it's, it's the laws from heaven for life. If you, yeah, let me take that thing. Shut this off. Yes, you can have this. You want, want some? You're welcome. There we go. This is going to be fun. Okay. So the book of Proverbs, if you looked at the meaning of the word Proverbs, it's laws from heaven for life, okay? Laws from heaven for life. Let's put this somewhere where I won't trip on it. The Hebrew word means this. It means to govern. So the book of Proverbs are a series of statements, and that's something that people struggle with a little bit when they read the book. It's like, wow, there's just all these statements, all these truths. How do I line them up? How do I put them together? Well, they're words that are put together to govern life. 
It's not a series of witty statements for life. That's not what it is. It's not just these really cool statements that you go, wow, these are, these are cool little truths, and some of them apply at some times, and some don't. That's, that's not it. It's, a, it's, it's words or thoughts that set a foundation for godly living. So it's a series of truths that God gave us really through three different people, Solomon, David, and then they're not sure. There's a couple other guys that had kind of gathered some, some Proverbs that got put in, and they're not really sure exactly who it is, but they got added into the book of Proverbs. David collected for his whole life, and he had this series of Proverbs that he had collected, and, and some of those got added into the book of Proverbs. Solomon, First Kings tells us this, that Solomon wrote over 3,000 Proverbs and over 1,000 songs. So they're not all here, just so you know. But he wrote a lot. In 2 Chronicles, before Solomon became the king of the nation of Israel, it was early, he was just being crowned king of the nation of Israel. And he got before God and he prayed, and this was his prayer to God. He said, God, would you grant me wisdom? Would you grant me wisdom? It's a very interesting prayer there because God said, I'll give you whatever it is that you want. And Solomon's prayer was, grant me wisdom, and, and God did. God granted him wisdom, and, the, and Scripture tells us that Solomon ended up being the wisest man, the wisest king of the nation of Israel, kind of the wisest man that ever walked this earth beside Jesus Christ himself. And so Solomon takes all of this wisdom that comes from God, and he writes it down, and it's believed that Ezra took those sayings of Solomon and the sayings of those other men, and he put them all together in the book of Proverbs for us to read and kind of give us some foundational truths to live life by. The other thing that we find out about this with Solomon, yet yeah, now the cows are joining in, and they're going to join us in this. This is going to be the morning, okay? The lowing, it actually makes it very biblical. We're coming into the Christmas season. It all goes together, people. Solomon wrote three books, okay? The book of Solomon, or the Song of Solomon he wrote when he was a young man, and it's a love story. And that love story is a picture of his relationship with God. It's also a very physical love story, but that was when he was a young man. The book of Proverbs he wrote as a middle-aged man, and he was still living and walking with God, and he had gained all of this knowledge and all this wisdom, and he brought it together, and he put it down as he was walking that life. And then Solomon does something that happens to a lot of people. Even though he's a wise man and he got his wisdom from God, he strayed from God. He walked away from God. And he wrote Ecclesiastes at the end of his life. And the book of Ecclesiastes is this longing, looking for God in life and saying, man, I missed a lot of the meaning of life. And there's a lot of folks who have come to Christ early on in their life and they've traveled the road and they've gone the journey and somewhere in the journey they started to stray. And when they come to the end of the life, they look back and they go, oh, I missed it. And that's really what Solomon did when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Oh, I missed it. You look at Ecclesiastes 12 and he says, oh, to remember the creator in your youth and live life that way. Don't forget. But in Proverbs, he collects all of these pieces of wisdom and he puts them all together for us to live life by. 
Proverbs really is the story of a young man starting out on life's journey. It's kind of a lot like, if you want to go to the New Testament, it's a lot like the book of James in the New Testament. It's so super practical. It's one of those books that you can take the truth in the morning, you can read it in the morning, and you can walk it out in the day, and you can see it walked out as you live life during the day. That's how, how practical it is. And James in the New Testament is a lot like that. But think about this as you read the book of Proverbs. When you're reading it, think about this. It's a young man who's starting his journey during life, and he's beginning to, to, to walk out in life. And, and there's an older man who's saying to him, hey, if you're going to walk this journey, if you're going to do these things, then here's some principles to live your life by. And these principles will steer you in a right path, and they'll keep you in a right path for your whole life. But you got to stick with it. you got to stick with it. The book of Proverbs covers a wide range of topics. It covers the importance of a good name. It covers youth and discipline and the outcome when we discipline ourselves during when we're young. It, it covers business matters. It covers money. It covers marriage. It covers immorality. It covers wisdom, self-control, friendship, the effects of a of strong drink on my life and the outcome of that and, and the, the outcome of addictions. And those are just a few that are found within the book of Proverbs. There's a pile of stuff that's in the book of Proverbs. And God gave this book to us because he loves us. And he wants us to know the best way to to walk through this life. So many of us wander through life hoping that we hit the high points. And God says, no, that's not what I want. Again, if you've been around me very long, if you've been around the last 17 years or 16 or whatever it is that I've been here as we've done this, you know one of my favorite words. Anybody know what it is? Go ahead, Lisa. Intentional. That's what the book of Proverbs is all about. About being intentional. 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 I'm making up a new word this morning. Intentional in the way we live life. And that's what Proverbs is going to talk about. He promises to provide all that we need, and it's interesting, God does. And in doing that, he offers us something called wisdom. And this morning, I want to talk to you about wisdom. I want to talk to you about the how of wisdom, the why of wisdom. Where does it start? Where does it come from? How do I get it? How do I keep it? How do I hold on to it? What does it look like when it shows itself in my life? What does it look like when I walk that out on my daily living? Well, let's look at what the wisest person who ever lived beside Jesus on this earth had to say about this topic of wisdom. Think of this. Everything that we have in the book of Proverbs was directed by the Spirit of God as the men wrote these things down so that we could know how best to live out our lives. So where does wisdom come from? How does it start? Well, let me give you this verse from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. If we were to be using a manual to build something this morning, if if I don't know about you, but if you've ever bought something that had steps to put it together, anybody ever done that? And what's the first thing that you do? Okay, there, I was hoping somebody would say it. I open it up and I throw away the directions. I don't. I'm a weird person. I open the directions up and I go through the directions. I brought some with me. Yesterday, I installed uh, a, a uh, 
heating element on the uh, roof of my, on the back porch of my house, uh, just because once in a while I get some ice back there and I want it. And there was directions on how to do that pro appropriately. I laughed a little bit because I got online and I was watching the uh, YouTube video because there's always a YouTube video. And one of the things that people do automatically when they get this, it's in a coil, it's all wrapped nice and tight, is they want to see if it works. So they walk over to an outlet and they plug it in and they let it heat up. And guess what it does? It melts it all together and you can't use it. And so they had a big warning sign on the front of this. It said, don't plug it in until you unwrap it. That's important to know. These manuals that you get when you buy things, these manuals that you get when you, when you pull something out of the box, they're there for a reason, right? There's steps that we need to take in order to get to a finished product. There's steps, and in the middle of it, there's important notes that tell you, don't do this. Like if you're putting a chair together, you're putting a stool together. I don't know if you've ever done this. But it tells you, there's an important note in there that says, don't tighten the screws all the way until you get it all put together. Why? Because the last piece won't go together if you don't follow the instructions. And so what we're going to look at this morning is a manual that's been given to us. There's some step-by-step -step instructions that have been given by the wisest man who ever walked on the earth who tells us, look, there's some things that you need to get in order and they need to be done appropriately because if not, you won't get the end result. And number one step, the first step, and if you don't get anything else this morning, and it's fine by me if you listen to this one phrase and then shut me off, it's okay, I'll be all right. The beginning, step number one is this, it's the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What does that mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord? To fear the Lord means this, folks, it's to realize His sovereignty. It's to realize that He is God. It's to honor Him as the Lord. And when I say Lord, I mean master, I mean king, I mean ruler, I mean number one in your life. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's the one who put this world together. He's the one who breathed life into your lungs and gives you the ability to get out of bed this morning and live this life. He's the Lord. He's the one who rules all. And all the weird stuff that's going on, he's allowed in our world today. He's in control. He's sovereign. He's got it. And Solomon started this all out, and he said, look, if this was a manual for life, step number one, it's to fear the Lord. It's to get your head and your heart in a proper place. And so often, folks, even as Christ followers, we live with no fear of the Lord. We just live life. We just do things our way in our time the way we want. Never realizing that the master, the Lord, the king, has a plan. He has a desire for your life, and he has an outcome that he has in mind for you and for your family. And it's the fear of the Lord that leads me in that direction. You notice that there's a dichotomy. There's, in this verse, there's, there's this, he says, the fear of the Lord brings understanding. It brings wisdom in your life. But, but, catch that last half of the verse. He said, fools despise wisdom and I hate to put this word in there, but it's in here. It's in the passage. What's it? And discipline. And discipline. 
See, here's the thing about the fear of the Lord, folks. When we come to the place where we begin to understand who God is and we begin to fear God for who he is, not, not a fear in I'm afraid of him, a fear in I respect him as the sovereign, as the king, as the master. When I get to that place, I realize his control. I realize the outcome of my life will be good. It will be to my, he always has my best interest in mind. But a fool says this, I know better. (laughs) I can do it my own way. I can figure this life out on my own. I can do my own stuff. It doesn't matter. And you know what? I don't need to be disciplined in any area of my life. I got it together. Solomon says that person's a fool. Step one in gaining wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And you know as well as I do what happens when we do things out of order. You know as well as I do in your own life what happens when you skip steps. Right? If we're talking about our health and we skip steps and being healthy, what happens? We end up hurting ourselves in some way. If it's with our finance and we think that there's an easy way, there's an, an easy way to do this, and I, I, don't have to, I don't have to go in order, I don't have to figure it out the way God wants me to, I end up getting myself in a hole that's really hard to get out of. If I do it with relationships and I figure out, look, I can live my relationships and do things my own way and I'll figure it out the best I can and I don't honor God with my relationships, guess what happens? I dig a hole that I can't get out of in my relationships. And they go sideways. And they get twisted, and they get difficult, and I struggle. There's an important note that he gives us at this point in this, and I want to read it to you from Proverbs chapter 4, and it's one of those warning signs. Remember, step number one is fear the Lord, and here's a warning as we go to the next steps. Warning is this. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 and 27. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet. And all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Did you notice it? Here's the warning. The warning sign, it's that red big lettered sign that says, Warning! If you're going to follow God, if you're going to take these steps to gain wisdom, then look straight ahead. Fix your gaze. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Stay on course. Don't turn off. Let me ask you a question. Is it easy to get sidetracked in the day and age we live in? Come on, seriously, is it? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. There are a hundred different things pulling for your attention right now. There's all kinds of different ways at looking at life and doing things right now that would pull us away from God, that would harm us. And he says, Proverbs, Solomon says, look, if you want wisdom, you want to gain wisdom in your life, then you've got to determine in your heart that you're going to look straight ahead. You're not going to look to the left. You're not going to look to the right. You're going to follow God and only God. And all those things that are going to come that are going to grab your attention and they're going to distract you, you're going to say, nope, not today. Not today. I'm going straight forward. So that's the warning. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look straight ahead. Hey, let me ask you a question. How have you been doing? How have you been doing? You've been looking around? Are your eyes on God? Are they on you? Are they on your own stuff? 
Where have your eyes been? So now, steps two to seven. You ready for this? You're like, seriously? There's that much? (laughs) We have time. Two to seven. Don't worry about it. We got time. We all got it covered. I know there's a second service. We're good. Let me read this to you. Proverbs chapter two, verses one to five. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift up your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. That's steps two to seven. Step one is what? Fear the Lord. Are you sure you got that? Step one is? Okay, the start. All of this has to start. you got to get in the right order. Remember, if we don't get in the right order, the rest of this stuff doesn't matter. It won't work. Fear the Lord. Step two is this. Accept his word. See, here's the thing, folks. I can say, yep, I fear the Lord. Yep, I understand he's master. Yep, I understand he's sovereign. Yeah, I understand he's in control. Yeah, I understand he's the creator of all things. Yeah, I understand that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for my sins, and I accept what he did on the cross. I get it. I understand it. He's Lord and he's master, but yet at the same time not accept his word. say, how is that possible? We do it every day. We do it every day. Jesus told us this through the book of 1 John. He said, if you say that you love God, but you don't love your brother or sister in Christ, then the love of God is not in you, and you are a liar. And there's no truth in you. James says it this way. To, he who, to him who knows what to do or to do right, but chooses not to do it, to him it is sin. How many times, and you don't have to put your hand up or speak out loud, but how many times do we know what the right thing to do is, but yet we say, eh, not today. I'm not doing it. Man, I don't feel like it. Ah, nobody's watching. Nobody sees. Step two in this process, folks, is this. Accept his word. And you have to come to the point where you say this in your heart, in your life. Look, if God said it, it's true. If God said it, it's right. And even if I don't like it, I'm going to do it. That's what I'm going to do. Accept his word. That's step two. Step three, also found in this, this little piece of pad. All of these are found in here, by the way. Store the commands. He says this, accept his word. And then he says, store up my commands within you. Man, we're so good at storing junk. Do you ever notice that? I mean, we could be really practical with this and say we could walk around our house or walk around our sheds or walk around the stuff. Don't get me off. We pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in this country to store junk that we'll never touch or we'll never use. But think about your own heart and life. Think about the stuff that you've stored and you're protecting in your heart and your mind. And Solomon says, look, if you want to get to wisdom, you want to walk through this whole thing of life and you want to come to the the wise part, then fear the Lord. Accept the words of God and store them deep in your heart. 
hide them there. We'll spend hours memorizing all kinds of stuff, knowing all kinds of stuff, and yet storing the commands of God seems to be the last thing on the list, or I can't do it. The next he says this, listen closely is the next one, next step. Accept the words, store them in my heart, and then listen closely to wisdom. Place yourself somewhere where you can hear wisdom. Place yourself somewhere where there are people who know the truths of the Word of God and they're pouring it into your life. They're giving it to you. Folks, we have all kinds of opportunities with our our phones. It reads the Word of God to us if you want. There are, there are radio stations, there are TV stations, we have books on, on, online, we have, we have books on video, we have books that we can sit down and read. He says this, look, you got to listen, you got to hear, you got to pour it into your life. Listen closely, place yourself somewhere where you can listen to wisdom and it can direct, the next part says this, that it will direct your heart toward understanding listening to it, and allowing the commands of God to sink into my heart, turn my heart from the direction of me and my selfishness toward God and what He wants. And it redirects my focus. And then he uses these two words. He says, seek and search. See, we're cruising through the steps, people. Seek and search. These are both hunting words. And I know we just came off that. Poor Mike didn't get his. But... It means this. It means, it means to put effort into finding something that you know exists. To search out. To go to great lengths to find it. If you were to look in the Gospels, Jesus uses the parables as an example of this where there was a lady who lost a coin and it, it's all she had. And she turned the house upside down to find that one coin. She did whatever she could to find it. That's the picture here. It's saying this, look, I know that wisdom is found in God's word. I know that God says everything that I need to live this life in a godly manner that points people towards God. And I will search and I will seek and I will spend time and I will spend energy in the word of God so that that will be poured into me to change my life. It's easy to search and seek after stuff that we think will be fun that we could laugh at, that will bring us fleeting joy. But this is life. This is a long term. And then he ends with this in that passage, in those steps. He says, and then you will understand. Do you see that? It's in that verse. He says this, look, if you accept God's word, if you store the commands in your heart, if you listen carefully and closely to, you place yourself in a place where wisdom is given to you and you seek and you search after it and you're, you're putting it after it into finding, he said, then you will understand. I want you to catch something here. Because we live in the society of everything fast, right? Let's nuke it. Just add water, right? Instant money. You can have it. You can get it. No problem. Easy. Everything in our society. You can lose weight tomorrow. We'll suck it off you and it's gone. Right? I'm sorry. But it's true. We want everything right now, instantly. 
And the picture that Solomon writes here with this is it doesn't come that way. He says, look, after you walk through those steps, after you place your mind in the place, remember remember back he used the word discipline, after you place your mind and your heart in the place where it's following God and it's seeking and it's chasing God and it's in the word of God and you're soaking that down into your heart, then understanding comes. Then understanding comes. Each of these steps are full of hard work. At times they are exhausting. At times they're a struggle that seems so unpopular and so unnecessary. At times it will seem like you're the only one who's walking down this path. At times you'll be where you go, look, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. But you need to understand that there's a result. There's something at the end that makes it very worthwhile. Let me read this to you from Proverbs chapter 2, verses 10 to 13. He says this, For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. It will rescue you from the way of evil, from anyone who says perverse things, from those who abandon the right paths to walk in the ways of darkness. Did you notice it in the verse? It says this, Wisdom will enter your heart, Knowledge will bring delight. Discretion will watch over you. And understanding will guard you. The result is, when I go this path, when I walk with God, when I pour that into my heart and my life, God says, look, by my spirit, I'll look after you. I got you. By my spirit, I'll put you in the path that you need to go, and I'll lead you in the place. It won't be easy. It's not going to be easy. That's not it. But I've got you. I'll walk with you. I'll direct you. My spirit will guide you. I'll lead you in the path that you ought to go, and it will bring delight to your life. In the middle of the difficulty, in the middle of the storm, there will be delight. There will be delight. And the end of that in verses 12, in verse 12 we just read, and then in verse 16 he says this, and I will rescue you. Do you ever feel like you need to be rescued? I do. I do. I have days when I'm like, God, just right now, pick me up. I need to be rescued. And God says this, look, when you turn your heart to me and you listen to me, I'll rescue you. I'll rescue you. This doesn't mean that all is well all the time. It doesn't mean if I follow these steps that everything works out the way I want. No, it works out the way God wants. But God promises to bring peace and grace and hope into my life. And the result is his presence. The result is his overwhelming presence that leads and guides me into truth. Now, here's the long-term outcome. Here's the last thing you need to catch from this. It's like if we were building that chair. This is it. We're putting the last, we're now, we've got the top on, and we're screwing the last screws in, and we're going to have this chair, this, this seat that we can sit on. Here's the last, here's the outcome of living Proverbs, the way he asks us to live Proverbs. Let me read it to you. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 14 says this. A wise person's instruction, catch this, is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares 
of death. I want you to say this with me. You ready? Here's the verse. I think it's on the screen. Ready? A wise person's instruction is a fountain of life turning people. Okay, you kind of did. Did you catch what this is saying? No, really, did you? What this is saying, folks, look, if you choose to live your life the way God has asked you, fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, listening and trusting and accepting his word and finding his word and hiding his commands in your heart and living it out and trusting God fully with your heart and life, you catch it. You get to be a fountain of life to those who are dying of thirst. Did you catch it? That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, if you do this, if you live, the result, the outcome, the end of this is this. You get to show up in people's lives who are searching for hope. They have no hope. They need help. And you get to show up and you get to go, I've got it for you. It's right here. Here's the fountain. It's Jesus. And the end of that verse is, and you get to snatch them from the snare. Folks, there are, fo- there are people right now in your life who are searching for this. They're looking for someone who has the wisdom and the understanding of God. They don't even know what they need, but they're looking. And if you choose to apply the wisdom of God to your life, you get to offer the hope. You get to do it. You want to be fulfilled? You want meaning? You want, you want your journey to mean something? <laughs> this is it. This is it. Father, would you grant us the courage? This is hard. There's not one part of this, walking this out every day, that is easy. It is difficult. Would you grant us the courage to accept the fact that you are sovereign? You are the Lord and Master. You are in control. Would you help us to be willing to accept your words as truth? And then to apply them to our life in such a way that folks see the reality of Jesus Christ in us and we become the fountain of life. We get to present Jesus in such a way that folks see the hope, the opportunity at a life that's different than what they're facing. Help us. Grant us the courage. Grant us the strength. In your name we pray. Amen.